Hey, oh, welcome back. Oh, what do you mean we can't access your video? Well, now you can. Don't tell me that. I hate when things scare me. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back Hello. to Leafs Late Night. This, this thing just, ah, uh, so fun sometimes. Um, it's been it's been a bit, but it's summer, so we're just gonna be sporadic with them. There's no timeline. There's no games, so uh, we'll just catch up as news comes out. And there's been some news out, so let's talk. Um, First of all, I guess before we get into Leaf stuff, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. happened. <laughs> right? Like, everyone was still making these Tim's picks. I saw everybody, like, still betting on things. I'm like, I, I just can't. I know I'm being a, a homer, but, like, am I? Vegas and Florida? Like, is I just, all the way up here, I can't care about it. I don't know. Apparently, was it the 44% of other viewers from last year didn't care either? Yeah, that's bad. What was it? Yeah, Dana White good. called out Batman saying that uh, they don't know how to access the young fans and they have no idea what they want. I'm paraphrasing. A bunch but... of fucking old people who are out of touch. Yeah, which is the best way to put it, really. Like, I'm glad, and other people are saying this too, I'm glad that somebody who is the head of something that's doing well has the balls to call him out and just say like yeah they're bad at this it's kind of crazy because they're horrible at this they're, and he couldn't be happier that vegas won it's like oh great the expansion team won the one with all the celebrities around it this is great for growing the game is it though it's because it's one team that won't boo him when he hands the cup out yeah, as I was gonna say, this is the only building where Batman can go hand off the cup and not get booed. Like, ridiculous. It's unreal. I couldn't believe that he didn't get booed. You got cheered. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I feel like there's there's something to having a new team win. Like, I get it. But I feel like when people, if you want to bring new fans in, they want to jump on something because of the history behind it. And, you know, the, the fan base that's already established there. I, f I mean, me personally... If I was getting into, say, for example, the NFL that I've long avoided getting into for no reason at all, basically, um, if I were to choose a team, I wouldn't go with an expansion. I wanted to pick one that's like, you know, a storied team that maybe maybe like an underdog or something that's starting to come back. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't pick like the newest expansion team because I'd feel like a bandwagoner. So I feel like if you want to grow the game, it also helps to have your and not that I'm saying, you know, you got to help anybody get there, but I, it's the fact that he's excited about it. And this is, you know, the master plan is to have these new teams do well. I just, I don't know. It's, I'd like to see, you know, even like the Rangers or like just anybody else. <laughs> it's funny that you were talking about, like, if you picked an NFL team, you'd want one with a little history or something like that. When I'm not a huge NFL fan, but. I like all sports and you pretty much have to have a team, a, a rooting interest in every sport. Right. So in high school, my one friend, he's a big football fan and he would host a Super Bowl party every year. And he told me, you have to pick a team. doesn't matter if they're crap, you have to pick a team. And my whole thought process behind it was kind of the same way I picked a, um, a premier league team was I wanted a, like a team like the Leafs with a lot of history. They're very, you either most people either love them or you hate them. Like, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So I ended up going with the Packers in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I pick. Two years One later, of my best friends is a Bowl, huge so. Packers fan. 
Yeah, or like you latch on to someone who's great. Like when I first got into the NFL, it was Peyton Manning. He was playing for the Colts, and that's my team ever since. But I agree with what you're saying, Johnny. Like you latch on maybe to Buffalo Bills or something, right? They've got a long, tortured yeah. history. Exactly. The Bills would be a good one for me. I have a Steelers hat here, but you know, you do a couple of reading of Wikipedia pages, and you're like, maybe not the Steelers. Maybe a different team. Yeah. <laughs> and like maybe this isn't an indictment on vegas because i feel like since their inauguration here they've been run pretty well like they've been a pretty good franchise you know so good for them but it's just it's kind of not what you want to see right now especially if they're playing against florida in the finals it also feels kind of like the nba era of putting a bunch of stars on the same team like vegas did as much as they could under the restrictions of the salary cap to spend as much money as possible bringing stars there under the uh, yeah, under the salary cap, around the salary cap, underneath the salary cap, any way they could do it, right? Yeah, everybody was hurt. Like you know, they they found the loopholes. They, I know Tampa kind of uh, perfected it, but I think Vegas started the book. Tampa finished it, and Vegas went, yeah, thanks. That was ours to begin with, and finally they've won. already laid down the groundwork for next year too. Like Stone, he's apparently got a lifelong injury where he might not yeah. be able to play that often, but I'm sure you'll see him in the playoffs. I'm sure Max Pacioretty will end up back on Vegas. <laughs> like, man, I just, I'm happy for Jack Eichel, and that's about it. That's where, that's kind of the start and stop of it. I'm like, you know what? Good I for like him. Stone. After Stone's been through a lot. Yeah, th- there's that too. I just, with the whole thing with the, the, uh, Buffalo booing him and the, uh, the surgery and everything and that, how, big and high profile and how long we waited for that move to happen. Like I'm just, it's kind of icing on the cake that he won the cup with Vegas. Yeah. Anyone won before McDavid. Yeah. 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 He had a good playoff too. He had a good playoff. Not to mention Phil the thrill. He's been stuffing hot dogs in the cup since they won. Did he even play in the playoffs? I, I think he played three or four games early on. Yeah, less than four games if he did. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Whatever. Good for Phil. <laughs> did he actually even? I gotta look that up. Because I know the Iron Man streak doesn't count in the playoffs. So they might have just said, yeah, yeah. You can sit now. Everybody yeah, else is magically healthy. Phil can sit. Oh, good call. Well, congrats to Vegas and the uh, the few Vegas fans that I know. Um, must be nice. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup. Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Mm. So I saw a thing today. Um, apparently Robert Downey Jr. is like a professionally trained dancer, and there's like a thousand clips of him just doing this. It's the only move he does ever. It's so funny. For those listening, it's just like the head, the like L-shaped like head box thing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. We'll find the clip. Basically framing your head. Yeah. It's the I mean, only move he does. I, fucking, I hate dancing, so I just got to lock onto one move every time I go out. That's it. Yeah, I feel like we are all of the ilk that are not known for being good at dancing. So we'll just leave it at that. I stand uh, at the bar and drink. 
Had <laughs> a boy. <laughs> I feel like that's why we have rock concerts, so we could just ah yeah hundred percent yeah there we go <laughs> anyway um. So there's a couple of things that I want to talk about, but one of them is going to lead to a bigger conversation. So let's start with the news today from Elliot Friedman that apparently Sheldon Keefe is signing an extension with the Leafs. I didn't expect this. What do you guys think? Southey, we'll start with you. I'm not terribly surprised by it. If you look at his record, it's amongst the best of Leafs coaches ever. Um, I feel like... The word came out today that Dubas was also like had a hand in the play of who he was actually playing. So if he gets his carte blanche of what he wants to do with this team, I'm kind of for it. Uh, that's probably like unpopular opinion right now, but I'm okay with this extension. I didn't see that's coming, something I hadn't but thought I'm okay with it. Beaner, what about you? First impressions? Um, well, I've been on record as saying that I think that maybe he should go. But the more and more we do hear about it, the more it starts creeping out that potentially Dubas did have a hand in in saying what was going on with lineups, right? So if that's the case, not that I want to throw everything on Dubas because I don't. He's gone. It's over. Whatever. But if that's the case, then maybe we haven't seen Keith do his full potential yet. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying the record's been fantastic. It's it's not anything to do with his performance. I guess a little bit. There's been some strange decisions that in critical moments that some people have been fair to criticize. But I think it's just strange that, you know, they let the Marley's coaching staff go, you know, Spezza goes. They it seemed like they were just kind of washing their hands of the Dubas era and they were going to replace everybody that he had brought in and they were so tied together like they came up through the entire system yeah. together. It seems weird that like I know it's it's not necessarily weird that the GM didn't fire the coach as soon as he came in, but just because of the relationship there was between them and how they came up together, it seemed like it was part of the same system and that they were trying to move on from. So that's why I'm surprised that they're going the direction of this. Like now that it's sat with me for the day, I'm like, yeah, I guess it does kind of make sense. I just, again, like you guys said, I didn't see this coming at all. Like, who are you going to bring in? And to your point earlier, like, Spezzo, he was just going to fall into this no matter what happened. But they did really wash their hands of everyone he kind of laid a finger on. But I can't picture who else you're going to bring in. Like, another retread at this point? I don't think that's what this team really needs. Maybe he is the guy. We'll give him another year or two if they can get over the hump. Great. If not, he's probably on a short leash, no matter what extension he signs. Yeah, and I guess it was because of the fact that, you know, we see Nick Nurse gone from Toronto uh, Raptors. It's like... it it kind of felt like the same change of the guard that the Leafs were going through where it's like, you know, we're going <laughs> to change, finally change out some of these top pieces because we've, feel we've run it hard, back. Hard to compare because like Nick nurse, I know. he just wanted fuck, you know, like, he had that press where he was like, listen, but guys, I, I guess that's just why here. it's all in my mind, you know, but yeah, like the timing obviously coincides with that. Um, I don't think they're too comparable really, but I think I'm cool with giving Keith another chance at this. I think he's the man for the job right now. I can't really picture someone else. If especially if we're going to run it back with the core four that we have here and whatever changes they want to make, he knows them intimately. Seems like a thing to do. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, as long as it's like as long as it's Tree Living's decision. Like it, it's yeah, not like 100%. he's not, not like he sat. 
Well, even Shanahan, like, it's not like he sat down with Matthews and Matthews said, hey, Keith stays. You can't do anything with him. Not that I have anything against a player liking a coach. Yep. But that's not his position, right? Like, as long as it's his choice saying, hey, you know what? From the outside looking in, I liked a lot of things you did. These are the things I think we need to work on. Right? That that type of thing. As long as it wasn't player-driven, if it was his, Brad's decision to sit down with Sheldon and, and go over some of the things that he thinks needs to be changed and go from there, then then, then it's good. It begs the question, though, because, like, Brad just did take a trip to Arizona where he, you know, officially got to meet Austin and he had all that time with him and, you know, talking about his vision for the future. It's hard to imagine that that was not brought up, right? Yeah, like, I guess at the end of the day, it makes sense to not could change everything on this team. Like, if you're going to be bringing a new GM and who's going to be signing some new contracts, has a lot of changes to make that we're going to get to. But I, I guess it's just a lot to to throw at this team that maybe isn't necessary. When everything is kind of working, you just need it to weak it a little. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so the other report came out that uh, we talked about last time whose contracts were running out, but it seems that Michael Bunting, Alex Kerfoot, and Justin Hall will not be returning. Meh. Good exactly good. right the only thing the only thing that does is it leaves kelly Yarncroke, matthew nyes and like nick robertson as the only left wingers oh, the but statics picking up again gotta, beaner i'm sorry you gotta think we're gonna address that in the offseason right yeah, I guess it's just a matter of, you know, what type of player do you want to bring in? Is it like, I guess we've done the skill thing and you don't, mm, I hate going down this road, but everyone's like, talking about Where do you about... see Matthew Nyes? Is he going to be flanky in Matthews this season? Because if that's the case, then you don't really have to worry about bringing in that top gun winger. You can have more of a depth yeah, guy. Especially, especially if Robertson's healthy again and then you've got <sighs> Yarnkrog. I think that... You. I, it's a it's a question mark, but I mean, if he's healthy, and then you've got Yarn Croak, you've got the offense covered for the wing. It's, it's I there. think it's just a yeah. matter of bringing in some cheap grinding fourth wing, fourth line left winger. That's kind of the the missing piece. But I guess, uh, oh, that's boring to speculate about. But we'll see who Brad brings in. Yeah, I mean, it's if just, you talk to Leafs Twitter, you got to treat every single person on this team for Tom Wilson. Straight up, Matthews, Marner, Nylander for Tom Wilson in a first. Because that's... I, I can't even fucking go on Twitter anymore these days. It's insane. I feel like 50% of stuff on there is satire, and it's driving me absolutely crazy. Everybody just wants a rise. Yeah, it's like, oh, we should go after uh, Corey Perry. It's like, no, God. Yeah, no. a little bit of a tangent here, but... But yeah, I feel like I think Matthew Nyes is going to be in our top six, so you're probably going to look for more of a depth winger at this point. Yeah, so Beaner, I'm um, just saying, with only Nyes, Robertson, and Yarncroke as the left wingers, like, like what do you what do you want to bring in here? Well, considering this year's free agency class is garbage, I know. Um. <laughs> there's they're gonna have to get creative like i don't see them going after any of the big guys right like was jvr left or right i think he was a right, Ooh, he was, right. was he oh but like 
I don't even think I'd really want to go there. No, like too slow. I mean, you, you want point, everybody's. No. Yeah, everybody's complaining about that. You know, we can't keep O'Reilly because him with Tavares, they were too slow. Like, what do yeah, we got here? Left wing. Um, ba, ba, ba. Oh, it's Gus just Nyquist. left. Oh, is he? I thought he was right. Huh. Nike, Nyquist, if he could stay healthy. I guess the one everybody's going to want is Tyler Bertuzzi. Thomas Tatar. <laughs> Andreas Janssen. <laughs> Nick Foligno. Max Domi. Nick Foligno is interesting one. Pierre Engvall. <laughs> Richie, yeah, I don't come on, get out of here. I know. Um, Max Domi, though. Uh, I think that would be interesting. Do we really love Max Domi? This guy's played like 60 games or less every fucking season for the last three or four seasons. He's not very reliable either. That's fair. I don't, I don't get the Max Domi love. It's funny, there's so many of these guys on this list. I'm like, oh, these are all Toronto people. <laughs> or ex-Toronto people. Like, I saw Connor Brown's name floating around. Yeah, that was one that was going around for a while. It's just like getting the like, band back together. <laughs> it's just getting out of hand, man. I guess, yeah. like... And, and there's still like other bigger fish to fry too. Like, what do we do with Ryan O'Reilly? Is he coming back? Is he not? What do you do with that center spot? That's the bigger question. Shit, yeah. Because Camp still doesn't have a contract. Neither does Achari. Like, there's so many holes, man. Um, yeah, I do have a list ton. of. I do have a list of defensemen though uh, that are there's bigger names there. I think than than on wing. Maybe not bigger, but more useful to the Leafs because we are losing Justin Hall. Like I mentioned. Uh, it was a yeah, big exactly. penalty killer, shot blocker, right? So um, yep. the names here, this is from brrr, Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Shout out, I guess. Uh, Scott Mayfield, uh, one on the list here. Yeah. And plays right side, uh, busiest penalty killer, 10th in the NHL in block shots. Not so, too bad at all. Potential. Radko Gudis. I mean... <laughs> No, I don't no, like bringing I, in I don't... enemies. Uh, Connor <laughs> Clifton. Again, weird bringing in somebody from Boston, but potentially. Um, Carson Soucy, maybe. Uh, and Oliver Ekman Larson, who was just bought out in a ridiculously expensive buyout. Hasn't like Brett Pesci just so... said he doesn't want to be with Hurricanes anymore? Or Brett Pesci, too. But that'd be pretty expensive. Yeah, I wouldn't True. want to know what Carolina would want for him. Um, with regards to OEL, would that not be a, a risk worth taking if he's willing to take like a one-year, $1 million, $2 million deal? He's not a top-pairing defenseman anymore. But bottom bottom pair minutes for a guy who's had that experience, who's been around, you know, could be good for Lily having an older Swede defenseman around. True, but isn't this game are get... suited for like offense? I mean, like that point of defense. If he's going to play, you know, four to six, you'd kind of rather someone who can be stay at home or at least be a body presence. So if he's not putting up offensive numbers, I feel he's a hard, hard part to be on the lease, especially with Lily and Riley now. 
Like with all these names floating around, I would just rather keep Luke Shen. But that's, that's yet to be seen. Well, that's an obvious one, I think, right? We talked about that. Lifetime contract, man. Eight years, two million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, like what's he gonna sign? Like a two year, like one million a year, even something like that. That's he proved himself in the playoffs. He is exactly what we need right there. Yeah, and I honestly the only thing you really need to upgrade on after if you keep Shen is like I mean, then your last person, your seventh defenseman's like Connor Timmons. So maybe you got to fill in some some depth there, maybe. But I don't hate having Connor Timmons as the seventh either. It's just there's nobody after that. No, I kind of wish he played Demar towards the end of the year. Yeah, I got the short end of the stick. Unfortunately, there were too many defensemen. Like, I totally forgot about Eric Gustafson. Yeah, I, I don't know. He does everything like everyone else does on the lineup. He's not really bringing you anything special. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, last thing, but there's no news on it, is goalies. We still have no idea what's That's, going on there. <laughs> are we going to buy out Matt Murray? Is there someone who would love to take his contract just for some picks? Arizona. Looking at you guys. <laughs> I love how everyone just loves it, Arizona, for this. Yeah. I don't know, Fun man. fact, Arizona lost one of their salary retention spots. Oh, what? From True. The OEL buyout. Of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They take a hit from that. So they yeah. were retaining some of the salary. And not only do they have to pay a portion of the buyout over the same course of time, that salary retention spot that they used on OEL is now taken up until the buyout is over. Oh, oh really? Yeah, that spreads out a long time. It's like six yeah, years, and, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And every team only gets three of those spots, so it'll <laughs> it'll definitely affect how that they can wheel and deal going forward. No kidding. So the situation is very interesting. Like, what what do we do with this guy at this point? Especially with Joseph Wall coming out the way he did realistically that's something as much as i hate to say it that's something that we can definitely do Mm -hmm. um like if you go to if you go to cap friendly and you go to their buyout tool which i hate to do but they have it for a reason um (laughs) how bad is it, it it's not too bad i'm just trying to we talked about it a little bit last time i'm trying to pull it up again here and the thing, uh, like it, maybe too. next year it's bad, but after that, when the cap actually starts to go up, which it's projected to do, then it's not as bad. Here, buyout length two years, total cost five point three million, annual cost two point six 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 seven. For next year, that so hurts, that that hurts. N- next year's cap hit, like this coming year's cap hit, would be six hundred eighty-seven thousand. Oh, and the year after, the year after that would be two million. That's not what I'm seeing. Yeah, if you go to Cap Friendly and you do the buyout for Matt Murray down oh, the yeah, bottom. Oh yeah, your cap hit, and the, yeah, because Ottawa takes two hundred and thirty grand. I see. Yeah. Yeah, and if you take the cap jump up, which should be after next year, then the two million isn't as hard to swallow. But the six hundred is not too bad for next year. Yeah, you know what? It's it's quite doable actually. Might it be worth it. Five point three million. It saves yeah, if you, you trade them away. You're gonna to have to give some capital away, whether it's a prospect or a draft pick or two. Exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it saves you having to give something up to get rid of them, which you're probably gonna to have to mm-hmm. do. 
Oh boy. Um, oh, what do you think boy. of what do you think of Sean Monahan for a, a depth center? I think his yeah, value is gone player. down. I think with the Toronto's like doctor team that they have, it's obviously the best in the league. They can take good care of him. He's someone who was like a highly touted prospect. He's got that relationship with Brad at this point. So he's an interesting prospect. It just depends on what it would take to bring him in. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, he's not really a prospect anymore, right? No, he's definitely not. Well, that's the thing is he signed the big contract and then he kind of, you know, got hurt. And what's it? Oh, was, oh my gosh. The guy's draft 2013. Holy time flies. eh? Yeah, it's been around for a while. But uh, I feel like his value has gone down from what was it? 6.37 he was making last year. I feel like you could get him for less than that. Oh, way less. 100%. He's got a world of hurt going on right now. Yeah, otherwise, there's no, man, it, there's not a ton for selection of centers. Holy. That's why like the whole Ryan O'Reilly thing is so important. If we can bring him back, that's huge. If not, that's a huge hole we have to fill. Uh, like, what, Ryan O'Reilly's number two on the centers list, and... Alex Kerfoot's like number seven. Who's number <laughs> like, one? Jonathan Taves. <sighs> That's unreal that he's above Ryan O'Reilly, first of all. Yeah, I think it's it's just by cap hit. Oh, okay. Like last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jonathan well, Taves is like a fourth line in... center. Is... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm good. Um, in in other completely different news, the Ottawa Senators sold, and not to any celebrity, not to any anything that was really that um, advertised, but uh, Michael Andlauer of the Andlauer Health Services or something. I don't know. There's ATS trucks that's like Andlauer Transport Services. I saw one outside of a pharmacy, and I was like, oh, that's that company that just bought the Sens or the guy. I don't know. I think they just deliver drugstore stuff. But <laughs> I mean, he has a history of winning a, with the Bulldogs. And... I thought you were stopping after you said deliver drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he's 10% owner of the Montreal Canadiens, which obviously he had to sell uh, on the board of governors of the NHL already. So I think it's a good fit. He's a reliable who... owner. Yeah, exactly. It's a hockey guy. Somebody who knows... How the league works somebody who uh isn't going to be a new guy at the table walking in yeah uh, trying to change things up and get shut out by the old guys it'll just be able to keep the sends running and hopefully push things in a, a positive direction with a new stadium I, so uh i do excited. believe yeah in the purchase he has preferred uh bitter rights to build something in LeBreton flats which that i he think does. is going to happen yeah so uh again for anybody who's new here LeBreton Flats is a big, empty space in uh, just the west end of downtown Ottawa in front of the War Museum. So, yeah, there's nothing there right now, and everybody's been fighting over what to do with it. But the no, that is the big runner. proposed place to build the new Sens Arena. And from like all the mock-up drawings they had, like it looks amazing. If they can get something down there, it would totally change the landscape and culture of the Sens, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that... Again, if you're new here, um, 
you might not know this if you have been here for a while. I'm sorry to repeat this, but uh, Ottawa's got like a pretty good following around the Red Blacks, and even like people will even go to the the what is it the Titans now the baseball team. Yeah, just even because the, it's uh, yeah soccer team too. Yeah, uh, the Fury people go to these things mm-hmm. just because it's there. It's it's accessible. It's easy to get to. You can walk there from. De- oh, we're we're out to lunch. Oh, there's a game this afternoon. Let's just go to that. Like, obviously, the tickets are a little cheaper for these things, so it's easier to do. But it's the fact that it's so easy to get to and people just go to them. Otherwise, these things would not have fans. So why would you not imply the same mentality to the Ottawa Senators? So here we are. Hopefully it happens. Yeah, not only like would it change the landscape of the Sands, it would change the landscape of Ottawa too, like the nightlife. They'd build everything around there. It would be this whole new hub. I feel oh, like yeah. he, as much as money as he paid for this, in the long run, I think it really, really could pay off for him. Yeah, actually, I want to talk about the price because that was something that stood out to me because when it was first reported, when Eugene had first passed, um, I think it was Friedman was talking about with um, on 32 thoughts, you know, we're looking at some something like 450 to 550 million because there's the cost of building a new arena on top of it that you're taking on. And then all of a sudden this bidding war starts and it gets up to a billion dollars, like 950 it's million it's sold for. I don't understand how it got that high when they also now have to spend. We looked it up a couple episodes ago, probably upwards of a billion dollars to build a new complex. Because it's not just a stadium, like Sadi was saying. It's like a whole hub. So, man, I just I don't understand how the price got so high for the Ottawa Senators. But good for wonder, uh, Melnick's daughters who retained ten percent of the team. Like inflated from other sports, right? Like if you're looking at NBA, you're going to pay a minimum of three billion, probably four billion. NFL, you're looking at five six. So I feel the NHL kind of leveraged what every other sport is doing and kind of brought that towards them. And like you said, from what Elliot said, they got five hundred extra million dollars off that. That's insane. So but when you the Kraken well, paid six hundred and fifty million dollars to come into the league, that's why. Like, I don't know. I guess if that's your starting point, you're going American to Canadian dollars. Sure, I guess you're you're pushing like nine hundred mil. So. Well, and I was going to say, I think the sale price, to be honest, is in U.S. It is. But Oh, yeah, true. Um, I was going to say, like, you look at Vegas and Seattle. Vegas was, what, 500 mil, Seattle 650. If that's what you're starting at, to get a team that's already established, already a fan base, you can, you know, play the salesman game that there's already, like, you don't have to do any work. It's turnkey. Yep. But I mean, that's kind of what you're pitching with an expansion team too in this era. Is it's it's turnkey. You're getting a team that can compete it, immediately, and you're also building a brand new arena. The Sens have to build a brand new arena with a team that is not. Yeah, it's turnkey, but like it kind of comes with debts that a, an expansion team doesn't. Like you don't have contracts that you're you're stuck with, and you know bad decisions that are still haunting the team, right? Yeah, with the Sands, like that's the biggest dark cloud over them, right? Is you have to go play way out in Canada, which for those you don't know, it's about 25, 30 minutes out from downtown. Huge pain in the ass to get to. So the Game fact time that they sold stupid. For, yeah, so the fact that they sold for what they did without a new arena in the deal, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, the preferred bidding is obviously a huge plus because, like I said, a lot of people are fighting over what to do with the Breton Flats. And when the last deal fell through, it was kind of in limbo whether 
the Sens were going to get it or not, or if somebody else was going to swoop in. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with the Canadian Tire Center, though. The behind the scenes, like, nudge, nudge, you're going to get this going forward if you purchase this, right? Like, there there fucking has to be. Yeah, honestly. You're not spending a billion dollars to go play out there for the next 30 years. (laughs) No one's spending a billion dollars for the Canada Senators. Let's get something straight. Um, But yeah, I wonder what they do with the Canadian Tire Center. Like, does it just become a concert thing that doesn't get interrupted by sports? Like, I don't... It seems like such an expensive thing to tear down. Tear it down to make a car dealership. (laughs) Is there much appetite up there for, like, lacrosse or anything like that? Nope. No. Like an an NLL team or something, right? Like, as Johnny mentioned, like, every other sport, like, we have the football, the soccer, and baseball, but that's all located downtown, so that's why everyone goes down there. You're not going to go that far out of your way for a minor league sport or, like, a second minor league sport. It does make sense for concerts and stuff because people are coming from mostly out of town for those kinds of things. You know, they're traveling from smaller towns around the area or, you know, traveling a long distance to get there. So you need something like parking and a hotel nearby and not much else and like restaurants within driving distance, not like public transit. So Mm -hmm. like that's something that I think could do well continuing there, um, especially because they wouldn't have to work around the schedule of the Sens. Because, I mean, uh, really, if that, the Sens are the only thing there that's, what, 40? That's really only 40 nights, 41 nights of their 365 days of the year. So it's not that much of a, a loss for the stadium itself, really, when you break it down. You could probably fill that with a couple concerts and stand-up backs, and you're fine. Yeah, you'd have to be booking the place pretty solid. Otherwise, I feel like that is kind of a big hit to take. Yeah, because I guess there's like the merch store and like the amount of concession that goes during a sports event versus like a concert. And I don't know. I feel like it probably costs you like you get more ticket revenue from the Sens game, but it might cost more to run them at the same time. Very interesting to see what will happen there. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, some little financial uh, discussion there. You're welcome. (laughs) So um, what else has happened in the, the crazy sports world in the last like week and a half since we've been on? There's other Leafs news I'm forgetting about that I had that I wanted to talk about. We had a Canadian win the Canadian Open. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. And the, who was it? Hadwin got tackled by the security guard? Like, yep. spraying champagne. <laughs> that was so good. His wife just roasted oh him on Twitter, too. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was the best part that. of the whole thing. Yeah, And like the atmosphere was there? so amazing, especially if you compare it to what just happened at the U.S. Open this weekend where they had a whole ticket fiasco and everything too. Like, good on us for doing that. So what happened with the 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 wife? Oh, she just made fun of uh, her husband for getting tackled like that. He's like, as a good oh. Canadian boy, like the security guard came in to apologize and everything. <laughs> Oh, my God. It was a running gag for a few days. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was uh, that looked painful. Like, they did, did not fuck around there. Oh, yeah, the he hurt shoulder, didn't he? I'm not surprised. Yeah. <sighs> um, so there was that. There was the, uh, the Canadian uh, F1 race that what was a Max Verstappen one. <laughs> 
yeah fourth man race in a this row is something, this is one of those sports i can't get into not because it's like oh it's just a mitch marner out there not because it's like oh it's just cars going on a track it i i can't get into it because from what i understand so far it's basically just the lebron steph curry era of two guys trading a trophy back and forth and i'm just like as cool as that is if you're already into it and it's like oh these guys are the best ever it feels weird getting into a sport when it's just basically a two-man race every time <laughs> It's a tough sport. Like Netflix has their whole thing with the F1 show. So I think that's drawn a ton of people going in the past few years. But yeah, for, I mean, for Sapping the last two or three years, he's just been on top. But before that, it was Lewis Hamilton for like six years. So you're right. The last eight years have been dominated by two people. And that's, that's it. Yeah. It's like, it's literally like when it was just LeBron and Curry, like, oh, who's going to win this year? We're in the finals again. Like, fuck. That's exactly. Oh, it. is Tom Brady going to win the Super Bowl or is the other team going to win? Like, it's it's cool to live through an era where the best that have ever played like every sport are all playing at the same time because of the advancements in just like human science in this day and age. Like people are just so much stronger and reaching their potentials and and such. But it, I I just hope that things don't plateau in like you know 30 years where it's just superhumans playing everything where it's like we're watching american gladiators but it's whatever sport <laughs> like i i hope there's still and I, I mean this not to like wrap ai and stuff into it but just with how much is changing i just hope that sports there's like still a human element to all this so we don't get too far out of uh there is. i think with like f1 specifically there's the top two teams who spend way, way more amount of money than the other team can ever spend. So that's what's doing like the yep. disparity for that. And, and like, hopefully other sports, like we have caps and everything for that, that can kind of level up the playing field, but with racing, that's not the case at all. Well, and even with golf, I saw there was like two hole in ones in this last, uh, or maybe I just saw this highlights from the same one two days in a row, but I think I there know. might have been three in the U.S. Open. Yeah, it, it seems like that's happening more and more often. Like, um, I know I've talked about, again, I'm just kind of reminiscing on things, but I've talked about this in the past, but this happened with professional bowling where they were paid, like, the <laughs> most of any sport, and then everybody was just throwing strikes every time, and everyone's like, oh, well, I guess we're done with bowling. We've We've reached the max level, and there's no more DLC expansion packs coming out. So I guess this is it. <laughs> That was it. Everybody moved on. The sponsors moved on, and and it wasn't the highest paid. People they were making more than football players were at one point, and then uh, we just got too good at it. And I feel like I just don't want to see other sports get there. And that's just there's nothing we can do about it. I'm just you know just being scared of the future. I guess <laughs> my birthday's coming up. I'm just <laughs> thinking about things as I approach thirty. Are you, are you having a midlife crisis, Roscoe? I might be. I might be. Yeah, somewhere between quarter quarter life crisis. Yeah. (laughs) So, since we're talking a little bit of everything, there's a certain thing that's happening on Wednesday with regards to the NHL. Oh, what is that? The Hall of Fame class is getting announced. Oh, cool. Oh, who do you got? Do you guys have any? Do you guys have any takes on that? Uh, Is it like ten seconds? Maximum four male players, two female, and two builders. Just like for the Hockey Hall of Fame, or okay. So 
my list would be first year eligible Henrik Lundqvist. Lock. Shoe in. Okay. Then I would be digging into it a little bit and I would be finally calling McGillney. I was gonna, I knew you were going to say McGillney. <laughs> and I know Marty's going to listen to this and it? he's going to cheer about it. He's especially with Korea going in. They've got similar stats. Like at, at one point, Elmo was one of the best players in the league ever. I think he's super right? deserving. Like, he just he never got the call. And not only that, it's not only NHL. Like him playing no. in in Russia on that Soviet team True. in the late eighties, early nineties. Hundred percent. And so, I, so I would do three men. I would do Hank. I would do Elmo, and I would do Rod the Bod. Rod the Bod. In my opinion, Brindamore does deserve to be there. He's got the stats. He's got a cup. He's played internationally. You got guys I think like Rod deserves... Joseph on there too, though. As much as I'd love to see Kujo go in, I think he's still a couple years away. Yes, he was. Over what at, you said, at I one think point, so, yeah. He was cons- yeah, at one point, I th- he was considered to be one of the best in the league, but he doesn't have the Vesnas. He doesn't have cups. True. He doesn't, That's right? very true. Um, and then... The ladies, I would put Ulette and Duggan in. So Megan Duggan. Hard to argue that. And Car- Caroline Ulette. And then I would put one builder in David Poyle. I like Poyle, especially since him like stepping down this year. Start to finish his entire career. Well, not entire career, but he was there for the entire existence of the Predators. And he they're a staple franchise. Hockey, right? Yeah, hundred yep, percent. Absolutely, that's that's, that's a no-brainer. Just looking at you guys who's like eligible: Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, Pierre Turgeon, Justin Williams, Zetterberg. But it's hard to like knock those guys. Like the people the beater mentioned earlier, it's hard to put those people off because of you know a Roenick or a Zetterberg. See, for for the longest time. If you didn't get in within the first handful of years, you basically weren't getting it. Yeah. And then there was a shift. I don't know how it happened, but there there was a shift. Yes, they do have to change out the people that vote on this every handful of years. But when Guy Carboneau got voted in, like that's saying something there. He had, you know, he had some Stanley Cups. He didn't have the points. He was a defensive forward. Guy? Chris Osgood. I was just going to say Chris Osgood. See, I think he gets in. Yeah, I think he gets in before Cujo. Now, he was a benefactor of some very strong teams. Yeah, he was never like a very good goaltender. But he got the job done. He's got, if you look at his hand, he's got some rings. I'm sorry. David Poyle has been a GM for more than 300 games longer than Lou Lamorello. Yeah, he was with the Capitals before the Predators, right? That's great. Yeah. Poyle's the only GM who's been with the team for at least 3,000 regular season games at 3,075. Next is Hall That's of Famer Lou Lamorello. So his, also his dad, Bud Poyle, is in the Hall of Fame. I was so just going to cool. say, yep. 14 straight in Washington to begin his career. Oh, my lordy. His teams have made the playoffs 29 of his 39 seasons as GM. Yeah, put the guy in the Hall of Fame. True. That's Jennifer Botterill is another interesting one, too. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, I'm just looking at this list on NHL. 
Yeah. See, yeah, Bottle, not that she doesn't deserve it, but I, I think the fact that Ulet and Duggan aren't in right now is already, like, yeah. they should have been I, in I feel like especially a while Ulet, ago. Like, yeah, 100%. Well, Duggan, like, she was captain of the U.S. gold medal team in Pyeongchang, silver medalist in 2010. Like, she, she was incredible for the U.S. team. Like, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, seven gold medals entered like a silver at IHF two women's world championship. She was, yeah, she's definitely got the resume to get herself in there. <laughs> I love that they have Justin Williams on this list just because like <coughs> Mr. Game Seven. He's- I didn't realize the stats he has though in Game Sevens. Holy, he actually has the most goals in Game Sevens. It's His playoff performance is. Like, yeah, unparalleled, really, but it's just not enough to get you in with everyone else who's on that list. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. He's got 102 points in 162 playoff games, but 797 points in 1,264 regular season games. (laughs) Like, that's such a weird, like, okay, he's from Coburg, where I'm from, and we, like, I just, it's so clutch. It's so clutch. It's so Coburg to just be clutch and only turn it on the playoffs. Yeah, if you can ask so, one guy in like a game seven, he might be up there. But if you're talking about Hall of Fame, he's probably not your guy. But but see, there's a lot of people that are saying that he might be because of his his playoff pedigree, what he did. He carries that much weight. I think it's just because it stands out, some, right? Like you want to you want to put somebody in the Hall of Fame for something that was out of the ordinary. You're recognizing them that for something the that, that that other people didn't do. And I mean, if he's tied for the record for goals in game sevens and won three stanley cups and a con Smythe, like and with different teams too it's shit. not like he did it yeah it's not like it was one team in a five-year run like he was awesome for carolina he went to la he was awesome for la like mm-hmm. but if, if he's a legitimate if he's a legitimate candidate then what about claude lemieux <sighs> that's a very divisive one isn't it happy but same thing regular season he was you know he was okay but not amazing but come playoff time everybody wanted Lemieux on their team everybody everyone fucking hated playing against the guy but you wanted him on your team okay um so we've got about 15 minutes left here we don't have any questions because I didn't ask for any because I didn't there's nothing to really prompt them right now. Um, <laughs> so um, anything you guys, uh, Justin, do you have any any history you wanted to fill the world in on? Or uh, Sadi, before he goes, do you have your hand up? I had one little thing to talk about. There has been talk oh, yes. about, Elliot Freed mentioned this too, that he thinks Matthews might sign that eight-year max deal right now. That was How, another thing. I think yeah. that is, if you can do it right now, Fucking do it because that cap is actually going to rise eventually. Whether it's happened in the last few years or not, it is going to go up. So if you can do it at that number right now, I think that's a huge coup for the Leafs. Yeah. And if wouldn't it just be kind of funny if Brad Living comes in and his first thing he does is sign Austin Matthews to an extension that people no are noise, going to argue no is notes, no bullshit. better than whatever Dubas was going to get him to sign? I'm just going to like pre-argue with Twitter because that's going to happen. Because everyone was thinking he's going to sign, what, a three or four year, just a bridge until the cap actually goes up and then really, really cash in. If you can get him on mm-hmm. eight years right now, <laughs> fucking do it. Silly. Like, 
if Shane Doan just came in and, and brought some magic Arizona sand and just <laughs> we're gonna stay here it's gonna be great <laughs> what do you think Beaner? I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the reports but don't doesn't anybody else kind of feel almost a little worried the fact that a Toronto sports outlet is reporting something that would be a positive for the Leafs uh, no, because he hates the Leafs. This guy fucking hates the Leafs. No, I, I, All I know, but like, like that's, that, that's what I mean. They're reporting something good, so doesn't that make you almost a little nervous? That they want to get our hopes up so they can crush it? I mean, that's a devious plan if that's the case, but it, it, honestly, like, it gives me a bit of hope because if this guy's reporting it, then I'm inclined to believe it a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's something that gets people talking in Toronto, which is what they want. It's uh, everyone's going to be talking about how much money it's going to be, and you know whether it's good or bad. And uh, I don't know. I think it's it's, it's good. good news, it's good. It's but good. It's the also top three player in the league. Everyone who's talking about trading Matthews right? on Twitter and shit, like you guys are losing your fucking mind. Why are we going to trade this guy? You guys are absolutely crazy, and it's driving me fucking insane. There's no world where we're well, trading Austin Matthews. He's one of the top three players in the NHL. Stop it. Just stop it. And, so this is my point. Comes... By saying it's eight years, you allow like the argument to shift to you know whether you like Brad for living doing this or not. And like I said, whether Dubas would have gotten a better deal or a worse deal. Sorry, Beaner, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. It, the only way you move him is if he comes to you and says, I don't want to be here anymore. Exactly. That's the only way. You don't move. Yes, everybody can get traded. Gretzky got traded, blah, blah, blah. But you don't willingly move away from someone like him. If you think the locker room is that messed up, move everybody else. Yeah, I feel like if Gretzky getting traded is such a, like, pre-salary cap thing to happen. Like, that wouldn't, like, with how hard it is to get and draft and hold on to star players now, that just wouldn't go down the same way, I don't think. Their owner was hard up for money at the time, too. It's a whole different scenario. But if you can sign Matthews right now, where the cap is, and where the max number you can get, you'll never, ever, ever get to be a, a better deal than you can right now. Exactly. Max, even a max deal right now is going to be fantastic if it's eight years. Like in max, three or four years, max it's dollars look so good. for three or four years or five, like we were talking about, is horrible. But if it's eight, yeah, like that's for, that's what you need. And for everyone saying he should take less and like help the team out, fuck that. That's never going to happen. This guy is one of the best in the league. He should get whatever he's worth and pay him what that's, he's worth. That's that's all there is to it. That's what Gary Bettman wants you to say. That's Inception. He's trying to make you all like anti-players union and want them all to get paid less because it helps the yeah. team out this, this is the bullshit. mentality no. he's instilling in all of you it's Imagine so stupid if you were, like in the nfl or nba right now this guy would be making like 50 million dollars a year and we're talking oh my about God, what, 14 yeah. 15 maybe right now it's insane yeah and he's got to live in toronto do you know how expensive that is <laughs> yeah the taxes are astronomical oh my god to be fair, he probably makes enough to cover the taxes doing those awkward RBC commercials. Good for him. <laughs> and that's what you can do when you play in Toronto. You can make all these fucking commercials. It's, that's the perk of signing here. R- Ryan O'Reilly had a shawarma commercial before he got off the plane. That was I was just going to say the Oswald's commercial. commercials. <laughs> Who, who's a Stanley? <laughs> He's got like a broken ass finger. Oh, 
That'd but be yeah, good, uh, actually. Let's just, just sign him, max it out. If we can do it, it'll be one of the best things we can do, I think. So then what do you do with Willie? Eight, eight times eight point eight. That's a tougher one. Oh right? Anything, anything over Knowing nine. Knowing him, he <laughs> changes fucking number again if you do that. But no, yeah, like if you can get him for eight. Go ahead, Beener. Uh, like just, I I love the guy. A lot of people are are getting all conspiracy tin hat on it, saying that Shanahan will never trade him because he played with Willie's father. Um, but but like what the guy does and everybody rips on him because like that one clip in the Tampa series where he didn't go into the corner. Well, if I remember correctly, I think they were down like four, nothing at the time. And he was hurt. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, 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 everybody wants to see that player who goes in balls to the wall, every single ship, but doing that sometimes also gets you a broken sternum. Yeah. Like not. not yeah. That's a whole other conversation too. But the guy shows up every year, yeah, no matter what anybody season, says. He's been getting better and better every playoff. He's almost been our best playoff performer. Maybe not this year, but he he comes up and he plays, and like he is just entering the prime of his career right now. And if you make a trade for him, I don't think you're going to get equal value. Like you're just not. The you're only report I've seen, but that fucks us. Like we're not in a rebuild mode right now. Like we're in a win now mode. No, and the only report I've seen around that is Noah Hannafin because I guess people want to tie Brad for living to some ex flame and he wants out of Calgary. He's going to be up at the end of the year. So same same situation as Nylander. So I think that's the only one that I've heard that kind of, I don't know, wouldn't be out of this world, but I just, I yeah. still don't like it because of how, like you said, how, how much he's improved year over year. I mean, he scored the most goals on the team last year. So I just... I don't know if he takes eight. Like I said before, you know, the, his agent can make the argument that he's as valuable a player to this team as the other three are that make, you know, double digits. So it's a very <sighs> tough what tightrope to walk because if he starts asking for double digits in the millions, then then you really, really have to explore. And I think Brad even came out, or like it was leaked that he came out and saying that he's. He wants to keep him, but if it's going to be a difficult negotiation, he has no problem looking at the trade option. But, Johnny, what trophy has Willie been nominated for? So, then it's 9.5. Like, I just, I feel like he, he has, his agent has the position with how many goals, he outscored Matthews, and he had, what was it, 47 assists? It's not like he was a buck hog. So no, nope. I, f- I feel like it, the guy is in a position to ask for a lot of money from and look if it's not like he's a restricted free agent, right? Like at the end of this, the guy could ask for this and there are teams that need that and will pay for it. So, you know, I know the trophies are one thing, but only so many people on this team can be nominated. And there's a couple other guys that are going to suck up that air first. It doesn't mean that he's lesser of a player. Um, it just means that. I think his value is a little different. I I still put yeah. him at the the Nikolai Ellers range, right? And what did we say that was? We looked that one up. Yeah, I think he's 
eight and a half, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. Is that sounds perfectly six. reasonable for what he provides. Eight and a half. Oh, there's his Anywhere six. between eight and nine. But so, like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I think of Ellers and I think of a similar type of player to Nylander. Like the same yeah. style, same offensive ability, like not a generational talent like Marner or Matthews or McDavid or anything like that, but definitely someone that if you trade them, you're probably going to lose that trade. Yeah. yeah. One of the best secondary, like secondary scoring options you can have on a team. Granted, like he's not going to blow up defensively, but he, he is a game changer when he wants to play offensively too. And that's so valuable right now for us. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing in the league to do is score. And the guy, if he can put up 40 and consistently do that now. So, eh, I don't know. And he's just saying better every eight, single 8. year, 8. How healthy 8. is this 8.8 would be too? nice if you can lock him. Up? Right? He's the one that's always there. Everybody else gets hurt, and he's got to pick up the slack. This is, what, this is the argument I made last time. He can slot in for any of these guys. Like, if any of them go down, he's the next one up. So that's exactly. the argument that you can bring into the negotiation. So if you Best can get him at 8 times 8.8, great. And it costs a premium, yeah. If it's between 8 and $9 million for, you know, five, seven years, fucking do it. Because you're not going to find anyone better than him at that range. No. Now, what do you guys think of, I think Marty had proposed it, some form of trade centered around Nylander for Hellebuck. Uh, <clears throat> see, now... Okay, now... <laughs> see, that... That, that's at least something that gets you going. Hmm. They, they, yeah. they both have one year left. Hellebuck's making 6.1. The, the one year scares the shit out of me too, right? Because I think we have a way better chance at signing Nylander than we do at Hellebuck after this. It, it would have to be like but a if, yeah. like a sign if that one year gets extension, right? If that one year got you a cup. It's a small window, man. Uh, I'm not gambling one year on Hellebuck to try to win a cup to just give away Newlander and not have anything to show for it after that. I couldn't do it either. If there was an extension if in both... play, maybe that's something to truly consider because other than Bassi and a couple other goaltenders, maybe he's the best that there is. And he provides something that even our goaltenders right now can't. But... Oh man, putting all your eggs in the goaltender basket, that's that's scary to me. That's not all your eggs in goaltender basket. You still have Matthews, you still have Marner, you still have Riley, Nice. If you have Riley, I, I, true. But I, I, I know if you were to do like, it for a goaltender, it, it would be hell of a that's I'll put it that way. He is someone that you do do this for. Yeah. Because he wants out of if fucking Winnipeg, teams... he wants to win and he's motivated. If both teams signed extensions and then traded them, like like Sadie said, otherwise it's, I I really hate giving Nylander away for a rental, like that that's just kind of like, ludicrous. Featuring uh, people. I, I want to go on the. <laughs> I want to go on the record here. I Coming don't, to I Blues Fest. I don't want to get rid of Nylander. I like the guy. I like having him on our team. But if you were to move him, that would be probably the only scenario where i think you know you could realistically be okay with it now i might even be on the other side 
throw in a pick to sweeten it up. I don't want to sign him long term. Hellebuck's 30 right now. Goaltenders age differently, though. 30 is pretty young for goaltenders. Tell that to Carey Price. I okay, mean, tell that to Craig Anderson. Right? <laughs> Anderson's a zombie. He's... Most goalies really <laughs> don't hit their, their prime to like 28, 34 type of thing. So I, I feel the goaltender age is not the same as like left winger type of age. Yeah, I mean, look, like we're talking about jo- Joseph. We're talking about Joseph Wall being like a prospect. Isn't the guy like twenty five? That's still a prospect. Well, that's isn't that the point? <laughs> How old is Smith right now? Like after he just won with Vegas. Um, you, you mean Aiden Hill? Oh, Aiden Hill. Sorry, I didn't mean Smith. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was, oh god. <laughs> Aiden Hill's <laughs> 27. Yeah. Making 725k a year. <laughs> and now he's a free but agent. That, with a cup. And to your point, Peter, like that is one trade. If you can actually make it work out extension-wise, that's something I'd I would back the Leafs on doing. But it's yeah, sorry, such a, to go over, get rid of, to go over it again. You're getting what, what is wall and everyone, like it's 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 a whole shift. What is the trade that you would do? It'd have to be one for one in extensions. Okay. But then, yeah, and then like, what you... almost $10 million a year. Yeah, I don't like having that much locked up in a goalie. Like, this team isn't built that way. Like, this whole thing was it doesn't matter who's in net, we just need somebody that's above 900. I mean, yeah, we kind of tried that. It didn't necessarily work, but they got hurt. It's not our fault. Um,. I don't know if the, I don't think this team needs Connor Hellebuck. Like, yeah, it would be nice. I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice, as Elaine says. Yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> goal wasn't our issue last year. It wasn't. And I think we really do have something to wall right now. Like this guy is a gamer. He showed it in the AHL. He showed it in the NHL so far. And you got Samson off for another year. At least it gives you enough Sam- time to have your options open. Samsonov's an RFA right now. He's still got one more year. Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope, my bad. Really thought he but, did. Uh, I mean, like, really, Eric Schalgren played 10 games this season. Like, the team is not desperate for an elite goaltender so they can win some games. Like, that's never been the problem here. I, I feel like you bring in... If you can re-sign Luke Shen, bring in another decent defenseman maybe like we talked about move tj brody for for something uh to help out the left wing holes i think you're kind of good you just got to find some goalie that's uh, less than five million dollars yeah it's it's so it's going to be really interesting to see especially now with the new gm where where we go with this like Pex is coming over Hildeby's already over Petrozelli's here probably not going to re-sign Chalgren you have Dryden McKay with the Growlers you have Wall you still have Murray under contract although we already talked about that like if you buy out Murray put Muzzin on LTIR you're almost 20 million dollars in salary space like salary cap space yeah, and that's not including like that Matthews 
contract won't count this year. So obviously. I guess that so, begs the question: Do they believe that Wall could be your number one, and you just bring in a veteran number two, or do you I bring Sammy in anything, for a bridge? If anything, you could have Wall as your one B to start the season. See if somebody like bring in somebody that's a little more established. See if maybe they start falling off and Wall picks up the slack and then switch Wall in. If that if all goes well, like I think that's kind of you got to be cautious with bringing this guy in. I mean, he's not played a ton of games. Like yeah, it's been it's been good, but it, he's a goalie. You know, anything can happen, and it's a whole new season. It's kind of one of the more underrated themes of this offseason right now that no one's really talking about as much. There's been the whole Dubis traveling thing. There's been Matthews and Martin we're going to do with that, but no one's really, really been talking about the goaltending situation, which I think is one of the biggest problems here. Yeah, everybody's quick to say, oh, we got we to gotta buy out. We got to buy out Matt Murray or get rid of Matt Murray, but nobody's really talked about who, who we can have in net instead. <laughs> like everybody just wants to get rid of what we have. So. Um, that'll be interesting. Are we to that see. surprised if we see Matt Murray next year? Mm, not really. It might be one of those things where they just got to sit on this. But I feel like buying it out seems a little cheaper than sitting on it. Is it, or do we see like how he does in the beginning of the season, and maybe he shows a little glimpse of something good, and then you try to trade him? It's, I know, there's a whole bunch of avenues to go with this. Okay, it's one of those. Got? Sorry, I've got the free agent goalie list in front of me here. I was just going to say, I just did the same thing. It, it, it's one of those Bernier, few Frederick times. Anderson. <laughs> Stop listening, former Leafs. Um, James Reimer. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're looking for that that veteran guy to be a backup, like, do we do we bring in Lauren Brossois? But even he's injury prone. Yeah. Like, Talbot's injury prone. Pretty much, you're you're picking from, you know, the bargain bin here. I feel like I'm swiping through Tinder in my hometown. It's like Michael oh Hutchinson God. and Aaron Dell and Dave Riddich and fucking <laughs> James. Ro- like it's we, where's Sean we've, Avery? We've got the sloppy seconds. Yeah, it's like yeah, oh my it's God. tough. Like, Yaroslav Halak. Like everybody that's there is no every one, right? ex-Leaf and every player who's played for like nine different teams at this point and then your other uh, options are like you trade someone like you said like Nylander maybe for uh, a Demko or a Markstrom or you don't want that either right like the goaltender crop right now is very very well, Tristan, thin Tristan Jari if Vancouver would trade Demko for Nylander you make that trade every day of the damn week yeah they're in disarray again, that I want to move Nylander, like that's but... out of the realm of possibility but Alex Nedeljkovic? See, I, I thought he was something too, and then now Toronto has a better defensive structure than Detroit does. But he about, like, crazy if, fell from grace. Maybe we're not in a position to do this, but like if someone were to take a flyer on Spencer Knight, he's a goaltender that interests me as well. But that's a so huge the best. Again. Yeah, and just by sorting this by save percentage for free agent ones, the best ones that have played more than 10 games, you got uh, Laurent Brossois at a 9.27 in 11 games, uh, Aiden Hill with a 9.14 in 27 games, and then Jonas Corposalo. So uh, 39 games, he had a 9.14 on a $1.3 million contract last year. So Corposalo seems like 
somebody that would be interesting to put with Joseph Wall. That I can actually see a little bit. Even like the 39 games, at least there's a bit of a tracker there, right? Corpus Hollow, I think, is going to be trying to hit it big. You think? Yeah. Especially like how thin the goaltender class is this year. Like otherwise, he probably resigns with LA and stays there, right? Yeah, fair enough. Um, Alex Lyon, out of Florida. I'm not crazy about that guy. If if we're gonna take a flyer, I'd rather take a flyer on Jones than Lyon. Mm. See, Tristan Jari keeps coming back here. It's the guy who played the most games on this list with a over 900 save percentage. Well, our record with. Pittsburgh retread is not great right now, so. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a huge question mark. I'm <laughs> because I don't really, especially Brad for living being from like Calgary. Um, I haven't watched what he's done in the last little bit that closely, so I don't. Uh, I don't really know what he's going to target here. I have no, no educated guess. There is a lot up in the, the air right now. This is going to be a very, very interesting offseason. It, it will be. One of the things about Brad is, like, when he needed something, he got it. Like, he went out and got Mark quick. Like, he went out and got Hannafin. Right? Like, so yeah, he wasn't shy about making it. If he... No. So may, maybe all these discussions with Keith, maybe Keith is saying, hey, this is what we need. And he's really taking it to heart. Like, Trees would have the view from the outside. Keith would have the view from the inside, along with some words input yeah. from Shanahan and, and Pridham. Like, maybe something's going to come out of left field here, and we're not going to expect it, and it's going to just be a complete difference maker. It's true. Like, it gives a guy like Keith a whole new dynamic here to play it. And if something unexpected comes along, then that could be really good for us. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Um, anything we want to close with? No. Oh, we have new merch. Yeah. Totally forgot to mention that. Oh. If you head that. on over to the Inside the Rink store, uh, it's also in the description of this podcast, no matter where you're listening to it or watching it. Um, we now have, uh, it's a new, new store entirely. So our old colors that were available and the old supplier, I think, has now changed. So it's, um, you can get the hoodie in black or blue. We have t-shirts in black or blue. We have mugs. And you can get stickers of our uh, our fun little cartoon logo of ourselves. Um, I also have a new design that we will be dropping for season three. So this will be uh, ever-growing. We're going to have lighters soon, too, with Darty on them. <laughs> for Darty lighters. Big things coming up. Heck yeah. It's going to be fun. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Send us uh, questions for next episode uh, if you would like us to talk about anything or play any games or anything like that. uh, And we'll do it. Thanks. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Sports is fun. Sports is fun.
I've been listening to it uh, lately and um, on my days off. Shouldn't 